You're hearing voices. Some people are just Tupperware people. Do you know what I mean? I'm an addict, a Tupperware addict. I'm ordering much more than I need, and I can't stop myself. It's part of my upbringing, part of my heritage. Don't tell me. Her Stories, a Hearing Voices special of stories by, about, and for women. Peace Corps Odyssey, the voyage home. Symptoms of chronic Peace Corps withdrawal. Her Stories. Author unknown. A Hearing Voices special. Sometimes I'm really glad I have a little sister. I love her, but she still gets on my nerves. From the time we were knew anything about playing, we played together. Built houses and fell down steps. <laughs> Everything like that. Our mother dressed us alike, and they thought we were twins, really. I think we our taste is very much the same. Her Stories. Documentaries and sound portraits from hearingvoices.com. From NPR, this is Hearing Voices. A group of women bond during a Tupperware party. One woman battles breast cancer. Another spends two years in the Peace Corps. Three generations of sisters describe their relationships. These are her stories, a Hearing Voices special of stories by, about, and for women. I'm Dime Roberts from storiesfirst.org. I'll be your host for the next hour as we hear the works of top independent radio producers and writers from around the country. Tupperware parties aren't the most likely place to look for personal exploration, but that's what the Kitchen Sisters found. In 1983, they went to local and national Tupperware parties and came back with this audio ethnography of the Tupperware experience. Somewhere in the world, a Tupperware party is held every 10 seconds. Come on! I'm Lucky Laurel, and I'm your Tupperware dealer. She's Lucky Laurel, and I'm Joyful Jones. That's Lucky Laurel. Perky I think Priscilla. some people are just Tupperware people. Do you know what I mean? I'm an addict, a Tupperware addict. I'm ordering much more than I need, and I can't stop myself. It's part of my upbringing, part of my heritage. Don't tell me. Lonely Lisa. This is a pocket comb, or you can massage your scalp, or scrub your vegetables, or pet your cat. Please use it for only one of those following things. This might be a fact that you don't know. You do not burp square containers. Only round seals do you burp. This is called the scrape them all. This is probably my seventh or eighth Tupperware party. And at every Tupperware party, you feel like you need to buy one thing for the hostess. So here I am buying a Shapo. I think it takes a lot of courage to have a Tupperware party. As long as it hasn't, you know, been abused, the Tupperware. I've got Tupperware that I've had for 30 years, I guess, and most of it's good yet. My mother always used Tupperware, and I remember after every holiday, like at Passover, Rosh Hashanah, all the leftover simis and gefilte fish went into the Tupperware containers. These are our ultra-clear counterparts. When President Reagan was in the hospital, when she was going up the steps, she had a container full of uh, jelly beans, and that was a Tupperware counterpart that was given to them by Justin Dart. You know, Dart Industries and Kraft and Tupperware are all one big family now. Did you know that? So uh, they came out with our new uh, butter and cheese keeper. Justin Dart, he's a very special man. He was instrumental in Ronald Reagan's drive for governor, and he um, had a significant part to play in, in his presidential bid also. Any hors d'oeuvre, and you can lay toothpicks on the side here to use to serve. You can always tell a Tupperware lady. We start our rallies with She's the songs, and it really brightens up your Monday mornings. It just brightens your spirits, and you're set for the week. Even a brand new dealer, she might be some person that's been out of the job market for a while, and and family and husband kind of take advantage of her, and she'll come into rally, and everybody makes her feel really special because she had a good week. Here's Sherry. <laughs> we had a new house and a new baby and a lot of bills. And I needed a job that I could be home, you know, with the children, but get out and make some money too, and this seemed ideal for me. We came to the country 14 years ago because we knew it was the land of opportunity. Tupperware really showed us it was. Tomorrow's my 12th year in Tupperware. I used to be a deputy sheriff. I had done that for 10 years. After six months, I quit that security job I had, and then three months later, I became a manager. And I love it. What do you like about it? The money. <laughs> I love the positive input instead of the negativeness that I used to have in law enforcement. Money. Nine. Money. Five. Money. Three. 
Is your husband at all involved with Very this? Very much so. He does all my ordering. He does all my postcards. My son now bags my Tupperware. Most of my friends, I just sat back and just waited for me to fail. And he was doing that at first because he just didn't see any future in this. Now you should talk to him. If I quit, he wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> it's really a, an advantage to have a husband that's involved. I don't have that <laughs> privilege. My husband just laughs and says, oh, another plastic bowl party. There are so many more women in the business than there are men. But when they come in, if they do well, they go to the top. They will move faster than a woman does. And my wife and I, we've been running the business well, for two and a half years now, and we're going to sell a million and a quarter this year, which is not too bad for mom and pop business. Is there a Tupperware union? No, uh-uh. It's an opportunity company. Anybody's welcome to, to join to be a Tupperware dealer. Tupperware treats you so well, you wouldn't have anything to, to bargain for. And what are the fringe benefits of Tupperware? You're buying power to buy Tupperware. The gifts that you earned, uh, the last contest that we have, I earned a American and Martinsville sofa. I've earned an organ and microwave. I've won a trip. I've gotten a brass bed. And of course, I guess you know Tupperware gives us cars, too. In fact, I'm going to get a new one. I've won a $900 set of Norotaki China. Diamond Ramwood ring from Tupperware. Crystal dinner bell. My station wagon. I I have a brand new station wagon. Just about Little feminine things that women love. twice a year you go to conventions. You can walk into the auditorium the first day and you can cut the excitement with a knife. That's called Jubilee. One is in Utah and the other is in the world headquarters in Orlando, Florida. It's like a rally which lasted for two and a half hours tonight here. It goes on for three days. There were 700 Tupperware ladies in the room and they brought out the food and there's no salt and pepper on the table. Well pretty soon somebody's up at the podium and says, oh my goodness we forgot the salt and pepper shakers. And then they blow the trumpets and everything and they drop the screen down they show our new salt and pepper shakers. They really keep us entertained. This year the, it was called the Big Country Jubilee and everybody dressed in, you know, like hee-haw and a one whole distributorship went as Dolly Parton's. I've got the topper feeling up in my head, up in my head. If you're the type of person that likes to sit at an airport and watch people, this is a job for you. Why am I retiring from Tupperware? You have to drag this Tupperware out of your house every night, right? Into the car and into somebody else's house and it's a real chore. It changed my life. It gives me a leftover mentality. Actually, most people are potential Tupperware dealers. They really are. Down in my toes, down in my toes, I got that Tupper feeling. Down in my toes, down in my toes to stay. Tupperware was produced by the Kitchen Sisters, Davia Nelson and Nikki Silva, of the National Public Radio series Lost and Found Sound. And now, direct from the company headquarters, the famous Tupperware burp. The people at ZBS Media create contemporary audio theater. Producer Tom Lopez has been doing some amazing sound work for several decades. In his series, Saratoga Springs, a kind of small-town comic soap opera, he wanted to get inside the head of Donna Dollar Days, a checker at the local supermarket. In this episode, after Donna checks out the groceries, she checks out her life. These, 59. Tissues, 1. Hi, Donna. Oh, hi. Have you been? Mm, the usual. And you? Fine. You look, um, a little tired. Do they ever give you a vacation? Oh, sure. Every year. Where do you go? I visit my mother back in Michigan. I mean a real vacation, you know? Yeah, well, no. No, I don't. Do you have children? Two. No. 67. Do you? Olives. Two boys. 89. Both in high school. Rice. 69. What does your husband do? Soup. Their father? 59. Oh. He's probably running Two. guns in South America, One. for all I know. 59. You're separated. Bananas. Divorced. 69. Is it difficult to raise the children by yourself? Boys. Yes, of course. Juice. Boys are little One. barbarians, 48. but I love them. I always wanted a girl much more sensible. Uh, Are you married? Me? No. Not anymore. Yeah. Who is? Well, enjoy life a little, all right? 
Oh, God, I'm depressed. Why is my life like this? When I was a child, what did I expect life would be? Doll. Five dollars. Yeah, dolls. When did I stop playing with dolls? Dollhouse. Sixty dollars. What did I want to be? Housewife. Five hundred dollars. I always knew I'd marry Bobby. Children. Six thousand dollars. Mm, we'd have six children. Cadillac. Four thousand dollars. I even knew the type of car we'd have. A light blue Cadillac convertible. Horses. One thousand dollars. We'd have a house in the country. House. Forty thousand dollars. Houses were cheap back then. Country. Club. Three hundred dollars. We'd join the country club. Lawn. Mower. One hundred dollars. We'd have a big lawn with willow trees. Swimming. Oh yeah, a big swimming pool. Garden, fifty dollars. A rose garden, filled with all different color roses. Porch, swing, twenty dollars. And a swing, where we'd sit in the warm summer evenings. Pipe, ten dollars. Bobby would smoke a pipe. The smell of the roses. Drifting in with a night breeze, children are asleep. Divorce, three thousand dollars. Stop it! No, stop it! Oh, God, what am I going to do with my life? Hanker, chief, fifty cents. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Donna Dollarday is played by Valerie Vasilevsky in an episode from the ZBS drama Saratoga Springs, available from zbs.org. The audio work of Susan Stone is a little hard to describe. Let's just say she has a way with words. I am trying to write and explain to you, understand, about I was married for two times, and now I'm common law with Frank. I signed to you that later. First husband, Bobby, was killed from wreck airplane in May 15, 1956. I had real strong love with him. Put my so finger to you. Put my finger. You see, we marry only 17 months, and he most a boy, and did so love to me. But then I meet Roy. Second husband Roy I married for 22 years, but I was shocked and hard to believe in him. Put my so finger to you. Put that my finger. I went to work night shift. Roy Foreman days, and on nights went to see his friends and went to the bar and dance. He got drunk and pot. His girlfriend come to see me at my job, and she asked me about Roy. And I asked what for about him, and she showed me that she is pregnant. And I what? And I was real surprised because he is real good with me for 22 years. And I point my finger and I sign to you that later. He is father and love and work hard and never suffer to me. And have big house and two garage and lots of everythings. We go boat and picnic and happy, seem. Mm-hmm. And he did not drink too much or uh-uh. mad with me, uh-uh. but so good for 22 years. Uh-huh. So I was real upset with her and I faint and Frank helped me to the hospital. Uh-huh. Frank went to see and tell Roy about I was in the hospital. Uh-huh. 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 And Roy come right away to see me, and he asked me what. And yes, he did love. And yes, he did sex. And yes, he did love. And yes, he did sex. And he did sex with his girlfriend. Then he hold me, 
kiss me, crying over and over. But I said, no, leave me. And he hold me and he kissed me, crying over and over. And my daddy upset. How's marriage? Want me divorced to Roy. I trusted you once. My daddy could not Roy this forgive. She's trying. Says Frank, good and true, does me love, not just of sex, but wants to be marry me. And I don't know. Some men they like marry with death because she can't hear talk. Some men they like marry with death because she can't hear talk. Some men they like death because she can't talk. Frank loved me. No. But he won't stop to sign to me. Then I say, no, you mean. You sign to me or not. Tear my note, okay? Don't want Frank to find out, okay? Find out about I tell you, okay? I know he loves me. He say he want me to forget Roy's past in Florida. Wants me my new life in California. That's Ruby by audio artist Susan Stone, who heads the radio drama and lit department at station KPFA in Berkeley. You're listening to her stories from HearingVoices.com, a gallery where audio artists can show their work. I'm Dee Mae Roberts. Another place where audio artists have found a home is StoriesFirst.org, an online magazine where art and stories come together. There you'll find my work, along with 50 or more writers and producers. The piece you're about to hear first aired on NPR's All Things Considered in 1986. It's called Sisters. Sometimes I'm really glad I have a little sister. I love her, but she still gets on my nerves. Sometimes I wish we could be separated more. She'll hit me, or she'll kick me or something, and I'll just scream. You had to do something. You had to ruin it. And she gets in trouble for it because everybody knows that she started it, and I never do. There's no way I could get closer to her, really, until she gets a little older, because right now she's going through a lot of different stages. Until she gets older, I think it would be better just we stay separated because we get into so many fights. My sister is very kind. I think she's probably the nicest person in our family. Most generous, most loving, most honest. We can get together and talk and not finish any sentences, but know what we're talking about, (laughs) you know. We're like best friends, and we always accept each other, whatever's happening in, in our lives, and take care of each other, and we're always there for each other. She was real dominating, very dominating. She was the oldest, and that was a big complex I think she always had, was wanting to take care of all of us and keep us in line. Well, I tried to be the mom a lot when we were real little. I would be the mom, and I'd I'd get out of comb and spank everybody, and then I'd get spanked for spanking everybody. (laughs) So I I took my role real seriously as the older sister. Oh, I resented it. Um, Being the youngest, I think I got a lot of that. (laughs) Everybody wanted to raise me. (laughs) She's a lot more together than me in some ways. She looks at everything I do wrong, and she doesn't ever do it. She's a housewife and a mother, and I'm the person going to school and having a career. And I think, in a sense, we both go through stages where we wish we were each other, we wish we had each other's life. From the time we were knew anything about playing, we played together, built houses and fell down steps, <laughs> everything like that. Our mother dressed us alike, and they thought we were twins, really. I think we, our taste is very much the same for as entertainment and things like that. Of course, I like music better than Ruthie does, but then I go there and she likes artist things. She goes to artist shows and things like that. I don't enjoy those very much. We like to walk. We like to be out. We love nature and we love animals. We just respect each other's wants and Ruthie tries to do what pleases me and I try to please her. I'd say the main thing is knowing that if we needed anyone, they were there. And just live from day to day. That's all you can do. Right now is all you have anyway particularly when you get up our age. (laughs) Present. 
one. This woman, vomiting her hunger over the world. This melancholy woman, forgotten before memory came. This yellow movement, bursting forth like Coltrane's melodies, all mouth, buttocks moving like palm trees. This honey-coated Alabamian woman, raining rhythms of blue-black smiles. This yellow woman. Carrying beneath her breasts pleasures without tongues, this woman whose body weaves desert patterns, this woman wet with wandering, reviving the beauty of forests and winds, is telling you secrets. Gather up your odors and listen as she sings the mold from memory. There is no place for a soft black woman. There is no smile. Green enough, or summertime words warm enough to allow my growth. And in my head, I see my history standing like a shy child, and I chant lullabies as I ride my past on horseback, tasting the thirst of yesterday tribes, hearing the ancient black woman me singing, Hey, 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 hey. Like a slow sit beneath the sun, and I dance my creation, and my grandmothers, gathering from my bones like great wooden birds, spread their wings while their long-legged laughter stretches the night, and I taste the seasons of my birth: mangoes, papayas. Drink my woman coconut milks. Stalk the ancient grandfathers sipping on proud afternoons. Walk with a song round my waist. Tremble like a newborn child. Trouble with new breaths, and my singing becomes the only sound of a blue black magical woman walking womb ripe. Walking. Loud with mornings, walking, making pilgrimage to herself, walking. Sonia Sanchez reading her poem "Present One" with original music by Jamaladeen Takuma and Joe Waters, produced by Steve Rowland. Before that, my piece about sisters. This is the Hearing Voices special. Her stories. I'm Dime Roberts. This Hearing Voices special was mixed by Robin Wise with music by Tara Key. When we come back, poet Tracy Morris and her observations about the men of Harlem. Hearing Voices is made possible by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the National Endowment for the Arts. To listen to more stories, go to hearingvoices.com. Hearing Voices is supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. And the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. From NPR, this is HearingVoices.com. Welcome back to Her Stories, the Hearing Voices special with documentaries and sound portraits by, about, and for women. I'm Demay Roberts from storiesfirst.org. We start with poet Tracy Morris and her observations. Deep sleeping men with sepia skin that glistens in the moonlight. Attitude seen in Bedstar and Harlem that they try to capture in liquor ads. Right. Messengers with locks and lycra 
biker gear. Senegalese vendors out all times of the year. Thick brothers who dance clothes. Some records of any speed. Summertime brothers with muscles that strain against short sleeves. Black folks in earth tone clothes or day glow. The holy configuration of underbraided cornrows. Sunday salmon cakes and grits. Before before Michael Jordan midair, midair, midair splits. Dudes who can cook and who can give a good massage. Strong and silent types, cool. They know they're large. Once they wear kente, you can see when they enter the room. <sighs> the kind of things that make me go, mmm. You think you're so macho, man of gangs, warring Azorian, homeboy in your muscle car? When your passenger gets his skull broken by a crackhead Christy Pitts boy wielding a baseball bat in traffic, you don't even call the police. Just complain about the state of your car, its broken windows. When your friends turn up, they talk about, he's going to pay for this, I'm going to charge him with assault, criminal assault. But nobody wants to touch the passenger, the head, the blood. You rock back and forth agitatedly and talk big talk, trapped rabbit scared, and you look like you're going to cry. Don't throw your Barbie dolls in the ocean There are more important things for them to do Don't throw your Barbie dolls in the ocean They're gonna come back to manipulate you Barbie lives in a plastic apartment Barbie's got a boyfriend with a suntan And whenever Ken phones Barbie, she's home Malibu beach parties, how come I can never go? Barbie, you've got it all together, how come you always know what to do? Barbie, you've got it all together I want to come and live with you well, I'm older now But I still think of Barbie I got my own brown boyfriend, Ken But my little room is pretty far from Barbie's dream home And plastic dolls can't make calls So Ken never falls Malibu beach parties How come I still can never go? Barbie, you had it all together How come you always knew what to do? Barbie, you had it all together I wanted to live with you And I still want to live like you Marin Cadell, a spoken word artist from Canada with Barbie, from her Angel Food for Thought CD. Before that, Incident on College Street by Jill Batson and Observations by Tracy Morris. Both those poems are from the Word Up compilation of the Virgin Music Canada label. Our last piece covers a two-year stint in the Peace Corps. Jake Warga recorded his friend Jennifer before, after, and during her volunteer service. When you leave the Peace Corps, they hand you a booklet called Symptoms of Chronic Peace Corps Withdrawal. Jennifer had them all. This is Home from Africa by Jake Warga, edited by Jay Allison for Transom.org. Peace Corps Odyssey, the voyage home. Symptoms of chronic Peace Corps withdrawal. Author unknown. One, subscribing to magazines normally found only in libraries. Two, salivating when you hear polyrhythmic music. Three, 
I don't know if you can hear that. The night sounds of Africa outside my window. <laughs> Actually, I'm standing outside my house. Just opened the door and walked outside. We've got crickets, mice, a couple of sounds of bats there. And far off in the distance, a voodoo ceremony going on. Tapping the tum-tum. Um, honoring the spirits. So, I see how I'm changing and a lot in my views and in my thoughts and my feelings about things by seeing the reality of how other people live, most other people live in the world. I mean, we're such foreigners here and we get that beaten into us every day. And there are days when I come home and I'm like, that's it, Africa kicked my ass today. It's my favorite phrase, but then kick my ass today. Three, huh. confusion between immediately and by next week. Four, anxiety-induced insomnia from lack of mosquito net in bedroom. How many mornings I woke up under my mosquito net just cursing myself because that one mosquito was in there all fat and bloated and full of my blood. That was the happiest mosquito until I squashed it. Get waiting for myself to get malaria, and it never happened. I think I'm free and clear. I've got four more weeks on mefloquine, and I'm out of the danger zone. I mean, I saw volunteers down with malaria were like, they needed to be medevaced out to the states. <laughs> Forget volunteers, I mean, I saw Benin Ma, Beninese people just on the edge of death with that stuff. I was pretty damn lucky. I just had bacterial dysentery a couple times, amoebic dysentery once or twice. I had some pretty major staph infections. I have some bad scars, kind that travel up your leg, popping out sores. Yeah, it's not pretty. Timber fly, <laughs> oh, that's my favorite one. I had that one. Ascarius roundworm. At least 75% of the children in my village had some of that. Staphylococcus infection. An old friend of mine. I had pretty constant diarrhea. I mean, I pretty much never was quite right in that department, but you just kind of get used to it. It becomes a way of life. No big deal. Before I left, I asked one of my closest Beninois friends if he had any money in case he got sick. And he just looked at me, he's like, what do you mean? That was hard for me to hear considering or thinking about like I was saying, the incredible safety net that's like always under me. Number one, as like a child in my family. Number two, as an American with that passport, with that, that little blue passport. And number three, as a young adult with a Peace Corps health plan. I have this fungus. <laughs> I'm very proud of my fungus. Tania Versicolor all over my shoulders and my back. Oh, goody. Pop African music is everywhere and it will drive you crazy. Um, one of the most popular groups at the moment is this group called Les Panthers Noirs. And they have this number one hit song, Bamba Loki, which is played in every bouvet, on every street corner, in every household, and everybody knows the words. People are constantly lip syncing, mouthing the words. Every taxi I'm in, people are always singing it to the monde. Most popular song in Benin. <laughs> Hit it, boys. Where I 
a fixation with ethnic restaurants. I had a fantasy about ice a couple of weeks ago. I was I realized I'd be one one day I would be in a place where you would sit down and they actually give you water clean with ice. Six. <laughs> Decorating more than two rooms of your house with host country memorabilia. <laughs> Like I was saying to you before, I mean, the day I left for Benin was a day of incredible loss for me. The day I left for Benin. <sighs> but I guess I never also could have imagined how much loss there would be the day I actually left Benin for the United States. <sighs> so there's going to be a lot of loss to deal with when I get home. Not just for the things that I left in Africa, but for the things that I left in America that are no longer. I expect it'll be really hard for me to explain what it might have meant to live where I had lived and to be the person I had been. I'm sure it'll be hard for people to understand that at all, too. Never coming back here? I don't know. I guess I will be really sad when I leave, but I can't really imagine that right now. I have made relationships with some of these people, and I don't know. That's gonna be one thing that really sucks. I can't imagine ever seeing them again. Not for a really long time, anyway. Hmm. Funny how two years starts off to seem like an eternity and then turns into, like, fleeting moments. But my fear is that I'll switch, just completely switch off the village part. I'll forget what it feels like to live in a village where like kids die all the time and things are dirty and hard and there's not enough water and people just live and they're okay. Living in hardship and not knowing it. <laughs> I wonder, I'll just forget about that. That's my fear. Seven. Feeling nostalgic when your commuter bus is filled to overcapacity. Eight, considering yourself better informed about developing countries and others working in the field. So basically, I'm a traveling social worker, and I get on my bike and I just go around and see everybody all the time. Out on the road with Jennifer. This is my commute. <laughs> and I turn around, it's this mama, and she grabs the little kid who is wearing the long, dirty white t-shirt, now gray, <laughs> that goes down to like his ankles. Anyway, that kid, I mean, that was a lost cause, poor kid, because, I mean, two weeks later I had the doctor come out to look at him because it was obvious he had a severe case of some kind of juvenile arthritis. And um, his fever got to him and he died the day the doctor was supposed to come. And the doctor shows up and we were like, sorry, he's dead, the end. And it's frustrating, you know, because the thought of like, oh, if only we'd done this six months ago. Oh, well, I guess you got to take it when it comes, but. My job is to live here and like find people, discover children, work with their parents, have confidence to help them get the help they could have. That's the kind of thing that makes me feel good because I live here. My work is to live here. I found more and more that the work is the integration for a Peace Corps volunteer. And the rewards can only come after that. Nine, greetings exceeding three sentences or eight seconds. Go, go, go. I have a big problem with this one. Bonjour, Fofo. Comment ça va? Très bien. Ils Ils font gagner. 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 Ils font 
10. Involuntarily using foreign swear words and interjections. You haven't noticed, but I've been doing it all week long. Whenever I speak French. 11. The desire to do everything outdoors. Bam! We're in the middle of Mud Hutville, you know? I mean, it's hard to keep anything clean because their floors, their walls, their roofs, I mean, they're made out of dirt. <laughs> when you're living in a place that's made out of dirt, like, how do you keep dirt off things? How do you keep it out of things? You can't. You're living from the earth, you belong to the earth, like... And anyone in the States would look at their stuff and just think it was trash. Junk, trash. And yet, it's like these precious items. It took me a long time to see that. I mean, it had this, like, enormous front yard with all this dirt. Which, like, sounds maybe awful. But I loved it. Because <laughs> it was, like, clean dirt. And so you had to sweep it. Which is like what everyone does in Africa every day, is you sweep the dirt. You sweep dirt. Someone told me that when I first got there and I was just like, sweep dirt. I really got into sweeping dirt. I really like sweeping dirt. It's one of my favorite things, actually. And then you take that, you know, ancient piece of plastic from that old bucket or whatever that no longer works, you know, torn up and stuff. And you sweep the stuff onto this flap of plastic and you dump it over the wall. And then you have this like beautiful, like fresh swept floor of dirt. It's like the greatest thing. And you can just look at it. You just stand back with your palm room and just look at it and you're like, you know, you know that you did that. It's such a good feeling. It's like, it's one of those like, open your life feelings, you know? 12. The inability to use the left hand when making cash transactions. The left hand is dirty. No one uses their left hand for anything, anything except one thing. <laughs> In fact, doing anything with your left hand is pretty much rude. 13. Guilty feelings about your indulgent lifestyle. Mm -hmm. One day, I'm gonna understand. Sometimes if I've been in the village for a really long time, I, my whole mentality or way of thinking or thought pattern starts to change. My whole outlook, perspective, placement in the world somehow, mentally. And looking back at my own culture, America, looking back at my own life, it's just really hard to find anything of merit there. America, I don't know, just like the stuff that filters through in my occasional Newsweeks or a BBC program here or there, like it just all seems so ridiculous. <laughs> the ridiculousness of Americans, though, Jake, it's always the more, 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 like, this one, I mean, this would be an important thing for some tape someday, but I mean, my true understanding of gluttony and that word is that after you're full, that you eat encore. Again. You know what they say? When you come back, you do that, you do this. Okay, I need some corn. Oh, okay, need some corn, need some. Oh God, whole kernel, premium quality. No, no, Del Monte cream style. No, uh, S and W cream style. Wait, what's the difference between Del Monte and S and W? Wait, uh, okay, Lady Lee. Okay, no, wait. There's uh, I. Oh God, I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown. And then you just you sit down in the middle of the aisle and you just cry and cry and cry. That's what they say. 
I'm kind of far away. Full moon tonight. Buddha ceremony. Um, just witnessed the sacrificing of ten chickens, two goats, and a sheep. As I'm watching at this moment, blood is being poured into a bowl. The bowl is being offered up to the Vudan. Minangjo, Mindogwera, Minangjo, Mindogwera, Gweno Kakamia Pasikibino, Gweno Kakamia Pasikibino, Umbleuimia Dog Bello, Umbleuimia Dog Bello, Umbleu. I guess I look at it and I see America, a place that like just is such a different universe from like where I am right now. And it just seems so incredibly disconnected from the way most people live. So much in its own little sort of greedy, cut off bubble. Two worlds that just turn next to each other that just never ever coincide or touch each other. I mean they have no real sense of what the other is or of how to like meld. And I guess I have no sense of how to meld them together either. It's almost, I'm fractured into these two personalities. One is Jennifer, who, who lives in a completely different class and cultural structure in the present. And like the Jennifer of both the past and the future, who lives in like America. Places where people program their VCRs to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> and where you drive your car for like fun. <laughs> And where children are like overfed. I can't sell all my possessions in this home and like go and live in a mud hut and drink dirty brown water and wash my clothes in dirty brown water and have babies till I drop. That's not who I am. Sometimes it's hard, I get this. When I'm here for a really long time, like when I just am here, I'm here like in this house, for example, for more than five days by myself. No English, no like contact with my own culture. Start looking in the mirror, seeing the ugliest, whitest blob that ever walked the face of the earth. What? Oh, white person, weird. We <laughs> just look so weird, unattractive. It doesn't look like I came to Peace Corps to like, have a holiday, you know? <laughs> what is it? The toughest job you'll ever love or whatever? I hope I end up loving it. We'll see. But it has been an experience. And that's what I set out so to have. So here I am. <laughs> to the hardest years. To the longest years. To the most wonderful years to the shortest years, and to the most full years. Home from Africa, 13 Symptoms of Peace Corps Withdrawal, produced by Jake Warga. You can see photos from Jake and Jennifer's time in Africa at transom.org. You've been listening to Her Stories, a Hearing Voices special. There's more about all the stories and storytellers at hearingvoices.com. ZBS dramas are produced by Tom Lopez and are at zbs.org. Marin Cadell's site is marincadell.com. That's M-E-R-Y-N-C-A-D-D-E-L-L.com. 
The Kitchen Sisters series Lost and Found Sound is found at npr.org. I'm Dee Mae Roberts from storiesfirst.org. That's stories, the number one S-T, dot org, where art and stories come together. Before we go, one last bit of advice from Sonia Sanchez. Song number two. One, I say, all you young girls waiting to live, I say, all you young girls taking your pill, I say, all you sisters tired of standing still, I say, all you sisters thinking you won't, but you will, don't. Let them kill you with their stare. Don't let them closet you with no air. Don't let them feed you sex piecemeal. Don't let them offer you any old deal. I say, step back, sisters. We are rising from the dead. I say, step back, Johnnies. We're dancing on our heads. I say, step back, man. No more hanging by a thread. I say, step back, world. Can't let it all go unsaid too. I say, all you young girls molested at ten. I say, all you young girls giving up again and again. I say, all you sisters hanging out in every den. I say, all you sisters needing your own oxygen. Don't let them trap you with their coke. Don't let them treat you like one fat joke. Don't let them bleed you till you broke. Don't let them blind you in masculine smoke. I say, step back, sisters. We're rising from the dead. I say, step back, Johnnies. We're dancing on our heads. I say, step back, man. No more hanging by a thread. I say, step back, world. Can't let it all go unsaid. I say, step back, world. Can't let it all go unsaid. Poems by Sonia Sanchez were produced for radio by Steve Rowland and mixed by Joe Waters, a commission from WXPN with funding from the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. Original music is by Jamaladeen Takuma. This Hearing Voices special was mixed by Robin Wise with music by Tara Key. Hearingvoices.com is packed with more stories and sounds. For Hearing Voices and StoriesFirst.org, I'm Dee Mae Roberts. Hearing Voices is supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people and the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. Our producers are Scott Carrier, Ann Hepperman, Larry Massett, and Kara Oler. Our intern is Max Darham. Mix engineer is Robin Wise of soundimagery.com. Executive producer is Barrett Golding. From NPR, National Public Radio, this is HearingVoices.com.